Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the most iconic people in modern history. For kids growing up in the 80s and 90s, no one exemplified the raw power of masculinity and reaching for your dreams like the governator himself. And we love Arnie, the cigar-champing, one-liner-spitting killing machine from the world of bodybuilding to movies to politics and back to movies again. That's why we're exploring all the movies that made the man what he is today. In chronological order. From the beginning. I'm Mike Evan. I'm Stephen Lyons. And this is... I'll, I'll Be, be Back, back Catalog. I like this. You should do that. Now play the music. Welcome back to I'll Be Back Catalog. And this is the big one. This is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And this is... I'm Stephen Lyons. This is the Back Catalog. Uh, I'm very excited. This is our final episode for Season Trace. Um, Spanish in honor of uh, the T-800 learning Spanish uh, fluently throughout this movie. Uh, we're not going to be uh, talking about it alone, though. No, no, we have a wonderful guest. And this time, our first solo guest. Oh, can, oh. He, can he handle it? Can he handle it? Uh, comedian, podcaster, TV personality, Tim Beck. I absolutely couldn't handle it. As we found out today, but it's such a, a pleasure to be here, boys. How we doing? <laughs> Do we want to reveal now what, what the scenario is, what the context is? Tim, you had some issues with the movie, didn't you? I sure did. It started with the fact that I forgot to watch it. But I have seen it no less than three times before. Which is not too bad. Yeah. It's not too bad. No, certainly not as many times as some other films that I've seen, but I have seen this film... Uh, multiple times. Would you say that some films you've seen an obnoxiously large amount of time by choice of podcasts? I would. That is how I would describe it. Yes. For our listeners who don't know, Tim hosts um, a podcast with Guy Montgomery where uh, you've had three movies now that you've watched, haven't you? Yeah. We watch and review a movie a week, but the movie never changes. So yeah. we just do it for a year. So That's I, weird, isn't it? It's a bit, it's a bit funny. <laughs> We watched uh, the Adam Sandler movie Grown Ups 2, 52 times. Classic. We did it with Sex in the City 2. Extra classic. And then we did it with uh, We Are Your Friends. Oh, ultimate classic. Was that hard going from sequels to a not sequel? It was hard, but for different reasons. <laughs> it really feels like they tried to make a movie in We Are Your Friends, and it didn't feel like the film. Is We Are Your Friends, is that a Zac Efron movie? It is. Yeah, he becomes a DJ in Los Angeles. What was your criteria for picking them? There was none. Oh, okay. We get really baked and then basically like mentally throw darts at a dartboard. Ah. One time for season three, we were, we were going out doing a live show in Los Angeles uh, for the final episode of season two. And I just said, look, whoever says one of the movies on stage first, that, just lock it in, that'll be season three. <laughs> and that's how we landed on We Are Your Friends. Oh nice. my God, that you made one person's dream come true. <laughs> And Zach Efron just sitting in the third row. <laughs> He's like, yes! Huge fan of himself. Yes! Oh, they're going to have to rent this movie so many times. Sure, yeah, yeah that's how yeah, it works. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, Definitely paid for it. every week to YouTube. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so were you, uh, did you grow up watching action films at all? Were you I loved big... action films. I am the third boy in my family, so I've got two older brothers. It's a weird way of saying I have two older brothers. <laughs> I'm the third boy of the clan. You don't count your dad. I, no, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a man. He is a man. <laughs> they were boys. He's a man. He can build houses and fix cars. He's a man. Okay. We're boys. The three of us are boys. Uh, no, I love a good action flick. And always have, like I've got fond memories as a kid of watching old 
action movies. Do you have any favourites from your childhood? Well, like, I, re- I have memories of watching both Terminator and Terminator 2 as a kid. And, like, such a special thing. Because that must have meant that mum didn't know that I was watching it. So I'd managed to navigate through some situation where it was on the TV or something. And I got to watch it. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it is, like, uh, as a kid, too, it's, like, it's so epic. That yeah. it really, and it has a teenage a teenage boy protagonist. Yeah, yeah totally. It's for teenage boys, I think. Yeah. Right, T2? Yeah. Can we say that about T2? I would say they're probably the unknown target demographic. And ginger kids. I mean, it's an R-rated movie. <laughs> this wasn't an R-rated movie. This wasn't meant to be seen by kids, but I saw it when I was maybe 10. Was it R-rated? Yeah, it was. Out? Yeah. Wow. And they sold toys. That's, That's amazing. <laughs> I, I didn't, know, I didn't the, know that it was R-rated. A lot of... Uh, they did the same thing with Aliens. A lot of these 90s action movies. It's iconic. But they were very weirdly kid-friendly. <laughs> they stopped doing it after a while, right? And stuff. Because a lot of Arnold movies feel like oh this is a family movie but then when we've gone back and watched them we kind of go huh. like i always thought of twins as being like a real fun like oh yeah this is just a it's so comedy weird romp. and it's not it's uh, yeah it's really odd and dark yeah yeah which luckily t2 is pretty heavy-handed in what it's trying to say oh, yes yeah. it is yes. So it, it knows what it's trying to do jim cool. cameron you know he shoots he scores yeah he aims he gets the balls out he knows what he's doing. This is what blows my mind is that Jim Cameron could like do, <laughs> I call him Jim Cameron because we're old friends <laughs> from Hollywood. Like you could, he could do Titanic, which is just the ultimate romantic. Yeah. Your heartstrings, piece of cinema. And then this is just like the most satisfying, crunchy, pulpy action oh, film. And it is. It's like. Yeah, he did uh, Aliens as well. Another classic piece of action. When is he screwed up? When, when, what's James Cameron's biggest screw up? The Abyss? I think all the documentary parts of Titanic. <laughs> so what was your first Arnie movie? Look, I would say, to about 90% certainty, it'd probably be the first Terminator film. And I don't have, like, great vivid memories of it, but I just, I remember it being part of that canon of awesome action movies that I had somehow managed to watch as a kid. It's probably my oldest brother, like, was watching it and I managed to just sort of sneak in and oh, yeah. not yeah. make a sound. Which is a huge benefit of having an older brother. You can just kind of take I think that's how I got in, like, on Predator and a bunch of stuff like that. Of, like, I think my brother could rent them. Um, or, you know, like, my mom's like, oh, he'll be fine with this. And then yeah. I would just, like, it's a real bone. Yeah. My, yeah, my, my parents are really liberal when it came to watching movies. So they would be like, oh, this movie's cool at, like, 10 o'clock at night and just say, just stay up and watch it. And this ranged everything from, like, train spotting to Pulp Fiction to gnarly action movies and horror movies. How old were you when they let you watch train spotting? Eleven. <laughs> this is why I've never done drugs. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think they made a good choice there. That seems terrible. Why would anyone want to do them? This is, like, the best drug education program possible. Yeah, it's just taking around a whole bunch of... Gnarly uh, <laughs> Scottish people. <laughs> I haven't seen Conan the Barbarian though. I still haven't seen that. I would like to see it one day. That's great. It's epic. It was a little slow for Mike, right? Oh no, it, it, it's it's an epic. If you if you tune into it, it's great. It's going by today's pacing, you will struggle. All those, yeah. So many movies are like that now. Yeah. It's a weird thing. We've definitely all got ADD now. Oh, if you it, compare today's movie pacing with with yesteryear. If you tried to watch Conan the Barbarian completely sober without your phone, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it would be real tough. Yeah. By yourself would be like, I don't know what to do. I'm going completely insane. What an indictment on our generation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's sad. But T2, T2's punching, man. T2's got it a solid track. I would say that the Mexico scene goes on a bit too long. 
that was the, that was the bit awesome. like when I used to stay up to try and watch it I, the Mexico scene would always like knock me out and then I'd wake up during the minigun scene that would be like oh da, 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 da. okay it's the good bit again because the Mexico scene goes on too long it does and it's also but it, it is a breathing point that the film needs True. but it just doesn't it could have been shorter though I also wonder for me personally if it's because we have to hang out with John Connor too much and I was like, oh, teenage boys are so annoying and this is not good. And I knew, I saw too much of myself in that. Let me ask you this. Who did you want to be hanging out with if you could swap some John Connor time out? Me personally, I would want to be with Sarah Connor for like as much of this film as possible. Oh yeah, everything she did was badass as yeah. long as she wasn't dreaming. Yeah. Because that's the thing is if you took that time and put it into more apocalypse dream time, yeah. I'm out. Yeah, I'm I, out. I just want to spend more time with a little ginger kid. I want to know what he's up to when he finds out that John's like on the lamb with this giant man and his mom and he's just sitting there listening to Guns N' Roses with his Oh <laughs> man, you guys are going to have to remind me on who the ginger kid is. This is a... His, his little buddy who, um, who he hangs out with at the beginning. And then the, arcade? the arcade? Yeah. yeah, right. He's only, he's in it for the most tiny amount of time yeah. but he's just he so... He makes an impression. He's so perfectly 1990 with like, <laughs> you know, a ginger mullet Yeah. and he's sitting on the back of a dirt bike with a ghetto blaster but not yeah. like a boom box he's just sitting there with one of those tiny like phillips ones <laughs> yeah. i love it playing a guns and roses song that has a video that features terminator 2 in it which i always find confusing when they use the tie-in song in the movie yeah you're like because it's like oh what reality is this then so guns yeah which, roses... are we in a universe we can't <laughs> we're yeah that is tricky guns and roses wrote the song for the movie that was released before this but none of the characters have seen it it is how wild would that be because for that to be reality that would be like you turning on a tv to, to mtv and kanye west releases a song and you two are in it maybe in, yeah, like, maybe yeah. in this this very room that we're in now talking into a microphone that just like pops on the tv and you're like well cool i've gone insane <laughs> <laughs> Oh great, uh, reality's folded onto itself again. <laughs> yes, exactly. But like I remember seeing T3 and being so disappointed with it. Like it is such a drop. All of them after T2 are various shades of inferior. So I think the most recent one wasn't too bad though. Genesis right? wasn't that bad, it's Genesis, T5. Yeah. Uh, Terminus Salvation is an interesting sidestep. That's the one with Christian Bale playing a mean, angry John Connor. I'm trying to remember if I've seen that one. I don't think I... Maybe I haven't. Maybe it's, I saw T, see T3 and I was so pissed off. I was like, I'm out. Well, because, yeah, Terminator 1, 2, and 3 are all trying to play the same game. And Terminator 1 goes, this is the game. Terminator 2 goes, this is how to play the game. Terminator 3 goes, oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, goes, what if a woman played the game? And it's like, oh, yeah, it's still the same... Yeah, still the same it's game. The same story. Yeah, like you're. They implied that the gender would be enough, and it's like, James no, Cameron we've moved on. Also, didn't direct it, right? No, he didn't touch anything after that. The only true sequel, the sequel is a new one that they're bringing up, which is going to be directed by James Cameron. Amazing. So the newest one is going to be probably the truest return to form. Sweet. But yeah, I'd say Terminator uh, Salvation is worth a watch. Terminator Genesis was semi-decent, although the main twist of the movie was heavily revealed in the trailers beforehand. Ah, that's a shame. Which was. Not for me, I didn't watch the trailers. I, I was... can't remember them, so maybe I should dip back in. I can't even remember if I've seen Genesis. I do that. I go to movies and like within six months I'll be like, did I see it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. The thing I remember is if I enjoyed it or not, but not any plot. No, yeah, which is great because <laughs> I have a terrible memory too, which whilst in day-to-day -day life and relationships is awful, yeah. but from watching movies it's awesome it's because every movie is like, whoa! Yeah. 
It's like 51st dates, you get to enjoy the same experience over and over and over. Yeah, I'm playing like the Princess Bride and I'm like, what's happening next? Imagine if you could experience seeing The Matrix for the first time 10 times. That's me and Steven, yeah. our brains are marked. Every time, which is lucky for me because the first time I saw The Matrix, I saw it in a small historic theatre. So the soundtrack sounded like it was on an AM radio speaker behind oh, the screen. That is and we saw it the day it came out. And we thought that it was an artistic choice that the first two <laughs> minutes were complete black. All right. Oh, no. And then when Trinity lands, that's when the screen came on. Are you kidding me? So, that's a, that is li- I know we're not talking about T2. We will return to T2 in one moment. There is literally a historic shot. That is the first implementation of bullet time in cinema. And it was the first time they had used bullet time Ooh. successfully ever. They actually got pipped to the post by a from memory insurance commercial, which got on TV after Matrix was shot, but before it came out in the yeah. cinemas. So technically, the first use of bullet time is this goddamn commercial <laughs> that aired on American television. Was it cool though? I don't know. I I haven't seen cooler I haven't than Keanu Reeves falling over. I'll bet it was <laughs> really cool, Mike. I'll bet it was like a car crashing and it, the camera does a three sixty round. It's like, oh, you should have had insurance, you sob. <laughs> I hope it was a crash and it wasn't just like a, a quick turn of someone's face. Yeah, or like all of the like soft bullet times that they ended up doing, where it's like someone handing okay. a card over yeah. and then they go freeze. And then they move it around and you can see that everyone's softly breathing. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we had no idea until, uh, and it was me and all of my friends, so we didn't know until the weekend when we went and played soccer, we were like, oh, we're talking about it. And people were like, oh my God, Trudy's like kicking everyone's butt. And we were like, wait, what's happened? What, what, I'm what sorry, happened? what was that bit? I'm sorry, what, what happened? happened? We, we thought it was the, uh, with the mono soundtrack and the weird. <laughs> we missed it all. We just had her land. I watched the VHS copy. This may be like it. a pirate VHS copy. Oh, I bought it on VHS. Actually, I got given those a gift. Oh, oh that's yeah. nice. Wait, pirated? Was it a cam? Yeah. That is not the correct way to watch. Quality. Wow. Yeah. That's so legit. Yeah. <laughs> I think it also had Aladdin on it for some reason. <laughs> what a combo. How long was the tape? We've strayed. Long play. <laughs> long play. We're okay to stray. Here we go. Mike's going to tell us a little bit about the movie. Okay, so here's a synopsis from IMDb. Can I do this while you're doing it softly? Yeah, 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 do that. Nearly 10 years have passed since Sarah Connor was targeted for termination by a cyborg from the future. Now her son John, the future leader of the Resistance, is the target for a newer, more deadly Terminator. Once again, the Resistance has managed to send a protector back to their attempt to save John and his mother. This is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, and we're back. Uh, let's jump in and talk about T2. Um, so we don't on a post-apocalyptic, war-torn landscape. A lot of skulls. I mean, if I was going to keep a skull anyway, it'd probably be on the ground. Well, if you're a robot overlord, you're not, not high priority in sorting skulls. The one thing I love about the scene is the sound design um, in the first apocalypse scene, because they have like this really cool like screeching of all the m- uh, metal moving and, yeah. and the uh, laser sounds in this. It has like this cool like kind yeah. to it. A pulse, like a... Yeah, yeah, like, like instead of being like pew, 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 there's yeah. like a... Pew, 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 
Yeah. And, and the, you got the really cool Hunter Killers, which I was a big fan of when I was a kid, which is like the big um, flying airship things that were mm. chasing the humans. They look a lot like drones. Yeah, they do actually. Which makes sense because literally they are drones. They're flown by See, remotely. This is a very Terminator thing as well. It's like they put the movie out to be like, this is what's going to happen. And then we saw the blueprint and we were like, oh, we should make some robots that look like that. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, damn it, we did it. It's just very human, right? Yeah. Of like, here is your warning. And, and we go, <laughs> that looks cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I get that you're warning us, but I think we can make this work. <laughs> and then we, we get to meet John Connor, who we'd uh, heard so much about in Terminator 1. Is it Phil Long alive? Yes. yes. Yeah. That's good. He made American History X. But we're talking about future Eddie, Eddie Fallon, which is John Connor in the future with the facial scars. Oh, yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Sorry. Adult John Connor. Yeah. We'll get some like really brief moments. BBJC. Yeah. Big boy John Connor. Big boy John Connor. <laughs> yeah. Which is a tattoo it would furlong is never getting. <laughs> I actually really, I, I read a bunch of people complaining about Sarah Connor's exposition at the top of the movie, but I really liked it because we've seen a bunch of Arnie movies where it's like on screen text exposition. Yeah, that's and true. And sci-fi I need setup. Yeah, it's nice to have a voiceover. It's better than reading. Exactly. I don't want to read. It is like it is borrowed a little bit from a film noir. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah. genre. The first ten minutes is very much a noir film. Yeah, yeah. It's stylish, man. Yeah. That's the thing about James Cameron. He's a very confident filmmaker. He's going to throw some stuff at you where you're like, "Oh, am I in good hands?" Yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, you're like, "Oh, where's this going?" Especially because yeah. we don't hang out with Sarah Connor for like the first twenty or thirty minutes. No. She's just like, and here is my story. Not me. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. We get handed over and uh, jump to the um, Arnold nude in a truck depot. Yeah, which is always the best like reveal of Terminator. Just nudie time. Absolutely. <laughs> Surrounded by lightning. Emanating from and around his balls. <laughs> his nude balls. <laughs> which is symbolized by the orb that he's transported there. Exactly. That is just one giant time-traveling testicle. <laughs> that's why there's two of them every time. They have to send two. That, oh, Keep the that's balance. That's why? That's mm-hmm. actually what the T stands for in T2. Testicles. Time testicles. <laughs> time testicles. <laughs> uh, working title. Time testicles. T2. Uh, Didn't test well with audiences, so they just dropped it down to the letter and the number. Yeah. But no, dear audience, that that is the real reason why the movie is called T2. Is these two big balls. But the big mystery that we're vaguely alluding to is that gets revealed in this is that when he enters the bar and there's a lady there, she checks him out and seems to be impressed by what is obviously an anatomically correct package. Are you referring to his penis? I am. <laughs> Roll it down, say Mike. And balls. <laughs> the penis is just part of the package. The penis and balls is the package. Yeah, right? yeah. Let's get back to the goods. The balls. <laughs> Arnie's spherical balls. But let's acknowledge that a killing machine that they made to infiltrate humanity. They're going to give it a dick and balls. You're definitely going to give it a dick and balls. You're not going to shy away from that. You're not going to go right up to the line of building everything being completely correct and then go keen doll on the genitals. Well, especially with uh, Skynet, right? Which knows all human search history and everything. Skynet's like, fucking, I know what these people are about. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, here's right now about humans. They love genitals. They (laughs) They spend so much time using all their technology looking at genitals. We're going to start with a dick and ball. Start with a great dick and ball. We're going to build a guy off the back of that. Realistically, 80% of the attention on this robot will be at the dick and ball. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And in that that scene, actually, where they are all looking down, if you haven't seen any of the behind the scenes stills, 
Um, Arnold turned up to shooting, uh, shirtless, but just with a pair of like bright purple board shorts on, like swimming trunks. So in all of those scenes that he's in the bar being super badass and kicking butt, it's all shot from waist up and he's just wearing board shorts, <laughs> like super 90s board it's a shorts. Fun set, like Barney the dinosaur colored. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. With like splashes of a uh, like 90s, like fluorescent yellow it's and exactly green. Right, yeah. That's a fun thing to think about when you're watching that scene. Yeah. I'm going to need your clothes, your boots, and your... Oh, nice board shorts you've got on there. <laughs> it does kind of undercut the tension somewhat. Yes, very much so. But that's not what we're led to believe. We're led to believe he's, he's there in the buff, kicking ass, taking names, showing his cheeks. Did they even show us cheeks? Yeah, he got cheeks when he walked away. Yeah, I saw this as a kid, very formative. Uh, still cannot look at a hot plate without thinking about the guy who he throws onto the hot plate and pushes himself off the hot plate, mm. but then singes his hands. For some reason, this just stayed with me as this awful nightmare of being in a hot plate and trying to push yourself off, but burning yourself more. It's super visceral, eh? Yeah. It's a thing of it's like, yeah, you, you see it on screen and you just wince. Yeah. And you uh, touch uh, your hands, you're like... Oh, is no, anybody no. else like picturing like the stickiness of it? No. You know, no, that feeling? No, like, I did not. Do you think they replaced the... I would have gone with. Mm. Would they replace the hot plate or just give it a scrub down? <laughs> um, Based look, on that place, I, I feel like they just wash it. As a former McDonald's employee, I can tell you that those grills they get hot enough you, you just, all you need to do is you pour <laughs> a little bit of water on them when they're at temp and then you get a cloth and you just get the um the scraper thing and every, or every tiny little bit of dirt will get and you'd up be fine doing that when you know that it's jeff's skin your skin absolutely <laughs> temperature takes care of everything if something's hot enough your hot plate's hot enough boil the skin right off oh jesus oh god that poor guy he's like i need the skin for my hands back I think the interesting, like, slight tonal shift that happens is when he comes out of the bar and he plays Bad to the Bone. Slight tonal shift? <laughs> no, from, from the first movie. Yeah, that's the part where they let us know that they're just making a movie for yeah, fun. Yeah. That's like James yeah. Cameron being like, and especially with him, he doesn't need those sunglasses. No. He's, he's literally just intimidating that guy. I think the reason why he needs sunglasses or why they encourage the robots programming to get sunglasses is that because they don't blink like regular people, I reckon that they get them to cover their eyes as much as they can. That's oh. good. I like that. I reckon that's right. Oh, yeah, because the uh, T-1000 has the mirror glasses on a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Because I think eye contact and like eye movement is the biggest giveaway. Yeah, it's a hard thing to nail with CGI as well. The eyes are always... Weird. Uncanny Valley. Yeah. yeah. Well, he gets those, he motors off, and then we cut to Santa Fe where we get to see some T-1000 nutsack. Yeah, just hanging out the side of that. He, you know, you've always got to have the, the your downward knee. Uh, downward to camera, dog pulls to out. camera. Yeah, he didn't. He had upward knee to camera. What's that guy's name? Do you guys know the guy who plays the T one thousand? Because he pops up so often. Oh, definitely, I know his name. <laughs> Uh, I mean, because everyone remembers that season of X-Files that he was a uh, prominent part of and didn't make us just go, is Mulder back? <laughs> Next why is the T-1000 here? T-1000, why are you here? Why are you here? Oh, you're waiting for the Silver Surfer movie to be made? <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't. Doesn't end well, man. <laughs> and, well, they just looked at him and went, oh, you played a chrome guy? Yeah. Obviously, who else could be the Silver Surfer? It's got to be said as well, for a movie that came out in 1991, how amazingly well did the special effects stand up oh, on T-1000. Blows my mind how good they still look. I, I think they really recognised the limitations, which I think it was really important because it took them another 15 years to figure that out. Yeah. Because there's so many examples. The one that always comes to mind and infuriates me is in Lord of the Rings, the two towers, 
where a CG Legolas jumps onto a, an elephant and runs across its back. I think I know the exact shot you're talking about. slides oh. down the front. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's, to briefly bring back to the bullet time thing, because I'm oh, yeah. secretly quite a big Matrix fan, but that is the huge difference as well between the special effects in the first and the second Matrix third movies, uh, uh, Reloaded and Reloaded? Revolutions versus the first one. Yeah, they get on the first one, they did bullet time all legit, which yep. means you have to use like four cinema cameras and then about 20 other cameras in a ring and it's very expensive to do and then they thought by the time the second one came along that they had the technology to just do a 3d model and you can tell man oh, it looks rubbish neil's face the, um, agent smiths yeah the smiths it's a cool it's, scene it's cool but it's a bit rough on the edges it is yeah it's not quite that's why miniatures you know. are so great and yeah. actually the, uh t2 uses a whole bunch of not only miniatures but they go all the way back and use a bunch of rear projection yeah which was uh which was already being phased out by that time what does rear projection involve so it is uh so instead of like now we just use blue screen to put stuff behind people yeah. uh rear projection is you just film the stuff put a screen behind the people and then project it onto the screen oh, so it's from behind blue screen but happening like as you're yeah it. so a whole bunch of like the them in cars driving around a lot of the night scenes which is one of the reasons they filmed them as night scenes are easy covers yep. the helicopter scenes wow. you know are like you just film what you want in the background and then you play it and it means that it's much quicker to do wow it's like those um like 70s cop shows whenever you see guys driving around in cars and they, yeah. they seem to be turning the wheel more than they yeah. actually are yeah. that's what it is just real projection right, right. which uh, if you st if you do pause and look you're like oh yeah but Cameron, don't, don't spoil this movie for yourself. But Cameron did so great as to be like, keep those shots short and jumping around. It all looks so real. I assume. Didn't see the movie this week. <laughs> going, going back to the T-1000s, his name's uh, Robert Patrick. Thank you. Oh uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Mystery there song. we go. I love a man with two first names. Yeah. Um, I love him, but I don't trust him. Much like our friend Kyle Reese, two first names. Ah, yeah. He's the, he's the boning guy. He's John's dad. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about John, let's jump to John's intro. Oh yeah, John's house. Yeah, being a little. Oh, she's not my mom, Todd. <laughs> she's he's a turd, right? He's a turd. Like she just comes <laughs> up and goes, "Hey, can you clean your room? You haven't done it for a long time." Gring, gring, gring. All right, Jesus. But you know, it's a foster family. That's how you're gonna treat them. That's that's. <laughs> It's just that's <laughs> how it works. Not well, your real parents. He's not. Yeah. A, I mean, he's not a well balanced kid. No, yeah, he's no. been through a bunch. Look at his haircut. I think it's a rebel from that alone. It's back in. It is, yeah. I think. I think it's in twenty eighteen. We're at a point now where John Connor's haircut in T two is actually very much. Oh, you know, I had that haircut because it came back briefly in the early two thousands as an emo choice. Yes, but then then it left again. I think it's back. I think so. I could be wrong though. Not that fashionable. I kind of like it. I mean, I think that you guys bring it back. And I'll bring it back. Thing. It's an asymmetrical, um, brushed. I want to say it's the fringe. It is sort of an elongated fringe thing. Basically, if you're a dude and you wear, you grow your hair out and yeah. you swish it in a particular way. It's a bit of an undercut. It's a bit of a part. Yeah. It's a bit like Hitler if you didn't try. Yeah, Hitler growing out. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be the reference I would go to first, but Mike, <laughs> since you brought it up, I'm going to use Andy. Yeah, on that. If, we're, if we're trying to get this thing back in, maybe don't bring the Hitlerness <laughs> of it up. Yeah. You guys remember Adolf Hitler's haircut? It's kind of like that. You know what a great mustache is? The Michael Jordan's mustache when he was doing the Haynes commercials? <laughs> that was a great mustache. Oh, you mean the Hitler one? Okay, it's back out. It's back out. Charlie Chaplin. 
Uh, I think this is where we get to see the, uh, the really cool pin machine thing. It's, it's oh, a hacking yeah. device. They go and get some money to go to the mall so that we know that he's got skills. Hacking skills. Hmm. A, a picture this. A credit card with a cable tied to the end of it, and the other end of the cable attaches to a device that lets you hack into ATMs. Killer. I believe it because I want to believe it. Yeah, all they have to do to stop it is install some green, like, protruding parts to the ATMs. Yeah, people, that's happening. People got those card yeah. skimmer things. I'm yeah, on board. That's what he was doing. And then they've got mad cash and they're heading to the arcade. The reason yeah. why I sound antagonistic out of context is because we watched briefly the, uh, this YouTube video of a guy who runs down what he <laughs> perceives as mistakes with the movie. And he puts that in. And I was like, nah, that's a cool bit of tech. Yeah. Hacking an ATM, I love it. I'm on board. It doesn't seem super advanced either. Like, it doesn't seem like, oh, no. this isn't a thing he'd have. It seems like a thing that, you know. But if, if your mum was a weird, like, guerrilla terrorist person, they may pick it up at some point. It's not Anarchist Cookbook. It's next level. Yeah. He's doing it. So then we get to go and hang out with Sarah. She's in the psych ward. Yeah, doing some sweet, sweet pull-ups. Oh, she's cranking. Showing those, like, tight biceps. She's jacked. Oh, she's... God damn it. Oh, she's killing it. Sarah Jack. Did either yeah. of you watch uh, Trailer Park Boys? No, I tried to start watching it recently. It's quite a hard entry point. If you oh, start yeah, you can jump in. But the nurse that roughs her up just made me think of Bubbles from that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because he has oh, the, the same nurse. glasses. Oh, sorry, the nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. like a beefy like, older brother. Beefy, yeah. <laughs> like, so every time I saw Bubbles in there, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> that was So this point, too, is like, which... We've jumped around so much. Yep. Like we've we've met all four of covered, the main characters. Covered a lot of ground. Covered a whole bunch of ground. What are we now? Half an hour in? Minutes? Twenty minutes. We're yeah. only twenty minutes in. It also made me feel like it really reminded me of how much more covert the T one thousand is versus Arnie. Oh yeah. Like yeah. like the T one thousand's like in cop clothes going, here's a reasonable thing for me to ask. Whereas Arnie is just looking like a Hey, I'm nude, give me some stuff. <laughs> give me <laughs> your stuff. <laughs> Well, because they have, like, he went to the family's house. Wouldn't that be, like, and they're fine with it. The foster family's like, oh, that happens all the time. Is this about that guy? I wouldn't worry about it. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. So Arnie is part of the T-800 series of Terminators, and T-1000 is obviously 1000 level. So if we're following the normal way that, you know, processors and computers and stuff get named... There's a 900 we never even There's saw. a 900. So there's two major revisions. The first is probably like, you know what, let's build some normalcy into how this guy interacts. <laughs> yeah, it's still the same endoskeleton. It's, it's Maybe let's not make him look yeah. like a giant murderer. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's loosen him up. Let's give him some, some phrases that he can use in different, you know, conversational contexts. Maybe swap out the accent to be more regional. And then version, <laughs> nine to ver- version 900 to 1000. Liquid metal. That was a big change up. Big jump. A huge patch. Big old download. There, he plays the 850, I think, in Terminator 3. So he does have some upgrades. Yeah. But that was my major issue with Terminator 1, is that they literally describe him as an infiltration unit. And he has no personality whatsoever. Just this massive hulk of, of like muscle and steel. Because the thing is, when you meet uh, the T-1000 and he's talking to John Connor's parents, he seems kind of charming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's got a little smirk. He's got charisma. A bit of like a, a twinkle in his eye. Absolutely. Nice. And I was like, yeah, he seems like a guy I trust. More than the big meter. That's why you're going to be the first to get killed by the machines, Mike. Yeah. You, you, you know, 
I just want to make friends. Some lovely blue-eyed robot or bad as robotic liquid metal mercury constructed eyelids at you. You'll be like, he seemed like a good guy. And then maybe he's my dad. <laughs> maybe. This, how did this get to be about daddy issues? It's what the movie's about. <laughs> it is. It because everything is. I guess that's <laughs> all right. Everything. Well, let's find out. Let's, let's find. It. Let's keep. Let's keep on. <laughs> so let's jump back to the arcade. Uh, John was playing Afterburner, which is a fucking great arcade game. Do you remember that? In like a helicopter thing, I mean, you move left and right, like the whole machine would move left and right. Oh my god! No, I didn't it was play that. Back. Yeah, so it had like cool. a cylinder that you were in. It was cool. But the first game that John's playing is actually Missile Command. Oh yeah. It is, yeah. Um, which is like from the seventies. Yeah, which is super <laughs> old. So it's like, but narratively works because it's yeah. about missile but it's also like you don't rob an atm to go and play the oldest video game <laughs> <laughs> like you know what we really need to play i won i won lottery the lottery i, I got a ticket and now i have ten thousand dollars i'm gonna play frogger yes for six weeks <laughs> get, get in here i put thirty dollars into street fighter one <laughs> let's go um oh sockets but we have, so we have like yeah I think that we had oh we, we jumped to Cyberdyne in between this which was just like a little oh, nod, yeah, a little nod and let us know that Pepsi sponsored the movie <laughs> man that reminds you a few times of that fact oh too. yeah because that first scene in Cyberdyne the, ca- the kid's holding it like facing the camera and he's just like Mr. Dyson Mr. Dyson <laughs> that warms my heart because I'm a huge Pepsi fan oh I'm a big Pepsi guy oh, what like happened Pepsi. I kind of like an underdog but I also just plain prefer the taste of oh, Pepsi and you'll also like Total Recall which you watched recently I haven't there's a lot of Pepsi placements in there as well. There's a lot of Pepsi. Is Arnie like signed up as Pepsi? Arnie, I wouldn't be surprised if he was for a while. He worked very hard on like developing those uh, business relationships and things like that. So it wouldn't remotely be surprising if he was the guy who went, look, get Pepsi in here. They're yeah. terrific. They're gonna make this easy. They'll sign some checks. Yeah, and all of yo, know, he's like, they bought me a Hummer. That's how he became the governor, you know? It's oh, he like knows that. how to glass he's, he's a people person. So then, um, oh, this is the meet cute in the mall. This is where <laughs> this is where the three come together for the first time. Um, John Connor's in the hall. This is where we get the really uh, on the nose uh, Guns and Roses reference. Yeah, because he has a gun and some roses. Oh my god, I'd never put that together before. <laughs> I'm serious. It's <laughs> amazing. Because he's got like a box of roses, like a dozen yeah. of roses, which is hiding a shotgun. I always thought it was a shotgun. Is it yeah, a shotgun? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, this, the thing that I enjoy about this is the idea that he had to go and get roses yeah. to put the shotgun in. Like, yeah, that's the scene that I want to see. Yeah, here we go. just play. Walking along and everybody, he's like, yeah, they'll think I'm going to see my girlfriend. <laughs> Nobody's thinking that. <laughs> Um, but it's great, like, there, there's a cool moment in this fight scene, too, where I think the T-800 realizes that the t is stronger than him, where they're, like, fighting, because the, the T-800 just throws him around, which mm. is terrific. And I thought that they did a very good job of that, of, like, having uh, Arnie not seem that strong when he's yeah. fighting against this, you know, um, the T-1000. Yeah, because they're just smashing into walls left, right, and center. It's just badass. Oh, yeah. It's so fun watching people smash into shit. And then they... It really is. Mm. And it was so like, again, because they weren't leaning on CGI for those bits of the film, it was so much crunchier back in the day. Like, yeah. that was probably not Arnie, but someone else getting thrown into several walls. Yeah. Oh, no, I think it's Arnie. I think it's just a whole bunch of like, like foam board, but because of the sound of right. like design, it really yeah. feels weighty, yeah, which is it fun. I, it always made me think about like, when I was in a mall, could I kick my way 
like into the back sections of the mall. Absolutely not. <laughs> Stephen, how, what are you, why would you even think that's possible? Because they, he what just gets thrown through this plaster wall. It's a movie and he's a killing machine. Yeah, but I could kick. From the future. I just, I, got, I played soccer. I'm like, could I kick my way into the Stephen, back? Stephen, you then... are the reason why we had to like revamp the rating system on all these films and why um, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers got banned on New Zealand television. Because he's so impressionable. I knocked you out three kids, alright? Only one of them lost teeth. Alright, what is the big deal? I, I was three kaijus. Yeah. <laughs> Which were just the bigger kids. Right? That's what I call them. Kaijus. <laughs> kaijus are the teachers. And, and they... And no, I, I mean, I would never do it. But... Alright, but I was really thinking about it. Alright. So... It, could you kick your way out of a mall, basically? Into a, <laughs> into the depths of a mall. For some reason, <laughs> I thought there was going to be cooler stuff in there. Like, also it's the, so much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already in the mall. Like, I'm in I'm in the CD store, and I'm thinking, could I kick my way? CD store. Okay, what year are we operating in? Well, like, this you is when I'm a kid. You just want to okay. experience stock rooms. Yes, I think that's what it was. I'm like, what's happening behind the scenes? And they're like, there's a vending machine for Pepsi. And then I'm like, oh, I'm out. And then kick my way into, back into a glasses. I mean, to Tim, a vending machine for Pepsi sounds like a win. I'd be sick. I wouldn't leave the storeroom. That would be my new place. That's where you hang out. Mm-hmm. And then you'd see me kicking through, like, yeah, just, like coming through, like, a shining moment. Booting through drywall, yeah. trying to find something that you actually like, like a Coke vending machine. Where's Pepsi? <laughs> um, so then we have the sweet chase down the little concrete runway, which is... Oh, nice. yeah, he leaves and gives a nod to the silver mannequin, though. That's good. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Because he looks like him. Because he, yeah, that's uh, And then they go on the bike chase. It's a touching moment when he looks at the mannequin. He's like, you and me, we're not so different. Yeah. yeah this, this could have been me. We're both used to sell clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're both shiny metal chrome things that people look at us and they think, oh, an object. But we're so much more. Oh, I feel like he was so much more by the end. He, he grew throughout the movie. He did. He chases the motorcycle, right? Yeah. When, when he goes running. out on the street. That was like the first time I thought running was cool. Yeah. It's like, the first time running's ever been cool. <laughs> and last. Yeah, because then Forrest Gump came out a couple of years later and I was like, oh, running's back to nothing. Do you remember that for like 10 years that whenever you were running, someone would just scream at you, run, Forrest, run. Like, <laughs> for yeah, a decade. Like, yeah, like, you, like even when like you're an adult and yeah. you're trying to get to a bus because you have to go to work because yeah. you're trying to pay for shit. Yeah. The run, Forrest, run, run. Forrest, run. Yeah. And we've all seen the <laughs> damn movie. Yes, this is the thing that people do. I'm 30 and married. Don't yell movie quotes at <laughs> Sir. Sir. Good sir. Especially because like it was fine when you were a kid and you're like, oh yeah, a, a 10-year-old yelling it at you. That's fine. Yeah. Right? The kids, they don't know. Yeah, but when you've got like a 20-year-old being like, oh, run forest, you're like, no, not you. I'm not taking this from you. But I also have to get to this bus, so I will take this from you. So this truck was great. I love this truck. It was like a big evil Optimus Prime truck. Yeah, yeah. Super cool. solid, flat front. And then we're driving through the... Uh, Total thing. And yeah. That, that a semi so big it gave me a semi. Yeah. That kind of truck. That's my truck horn sound. That's very good. And then... Also, it's very good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it smashes through the... Uh, what do you call those? It's, it's a tunnel. No, no, no. It's not the tunnel. <laughs> the it's overpass? like the waterways around Los Angeles. And mm-hmm. they feature in a lot of films. And I... 
Saw them in real life for the first time just after I've been playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto 5, where they feature prominently in the map, and I was like, I could direct us around the city. You're like, I can, we can find our way from here. I know this map. Also, John Connor, just go up on the bank. Just head up the bank. Yep. You'll be he's, fine. He's in a motorcycle. Yeah, he's like using none of the benefits of being on a dirt bike. He's also tan and terrified. Yeah. Is he 10? He's meant he's, to be 10. He's meant to be 10. Because he strikes me as about 15. Yeah. Just like a kind of immature looking 15 year old. I think I think he started it uh, 12 and ended it maybe 14 or 15. The shooting of it? Yeah. Oh. I mean, the, the actual narrative? Oh, shit. <laughs> but the, there were some time jumps I did not remember. There's a lot of time traveling. His voice started to break through the production, so they actually had to um, level out his voice in the post-production so that he sounded the same throughout that's so funny mm. I wonder if he had to ADR any of his lines like from earlier in shooting now that his voice had broken probably where they just try and get him <laughs> or would they go the other way <laughs> <laughs> so this is a very iconic scene the um, truck smashing through this is the one change that James Cameron made when the movie was uh, redone in 3D what did he change? Uh, he changed that when the truck comes off the overpass and it lands, the uh, windscreens clearly fall out. And then the next shot, they're back in. So they're back in for all of those shots. Uh, oh, and so it's like a continuity thing. That, that he was the one thing he fixed. Oh, that's they didn't right. have the uh, technology to do it back then. Yeah. Um, and the editor was like, no one will notice, it's fine. And I didn't notice. And most people no. didn't. Yeah. Just dweebs on the internet. Well, apparently it's him. It was like, James Cameron was like, every time I saw it, like, which I loved because that means he's been re-watching it. Yeah. Which is like, oh. I'm going to just sit down and watch my own movie. Yeah. That's <laughs> so funny. Honey, come on in. Let's he watch it. people around. Like he does a little event screening every once in a while. You could actually raise a lot of money doing that. If I had the opportunity to watch yeah. T2 with James Cameron, I'd pay upwards of 50, maybe $55 for such a program. And then if you put the Hollywood like uh, multiplier on that, you could just throw three zeros on the end of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. You're telling me that like some famous producer or a sports star wouldn't pay 50 grand to sit and watch T2 with James Cameron? You're crazy. You're out of your mind. They absolutely would do that. And if you say it's for political fundraising for a presidential candidate, throw another two zeros on the end. Half a million dollars, watch T2. I thought this was James going to Cameron charity. So we can get Bernie. Although how, how beautiful if it went to like net neutrality. Yeah, that so. would be cool. Because <laughs> they defeat they defeat T1000 and then they motorcycle off, which is yeah. great. Very so exciting. So we go and check in on the step parents. But uh, we find out that step parents aren't in the best of conditions because uh, they're both dead. They're foster parents, Mike, and this is important. Hey, you know what? They're the only parents he had and they deserve the respect of that. Okay. Yeah, no, you know what's really you important. You got me there, fair enough. <laughs> what's really oh, important man, I'm not to me. That. <laughs> that felt like it came from a place. Yeah. No, I don't, don't really care. Parents are parents. <laughs> yeah, clearly. Uh, what I think is very important is us questioning how long the T1000 played house with Todd. He I, definitely <laughs> got penetrated by <laughs> Mrs. Todd. <laughs> he was. I mean, Mr. Todd. Mr. Mrs. Todd. <laughs> and do you think the milk thing was the thing that pushed it over the edge? The T1000 was like, you're just going to leave him. And then it was just like, oh, you know what? Fuck you, Todd. Fuck you. <laughs> like, the Todd didn't notice. Todd spent a whole afternoon with not his wife. And he's like, how's Wolfie? She's like, oh, that's fine. I'm just making onions. Also, like, Max is a pretty normal dog name, right? Sure. Is Wolfie? <laughs> yeah, Wolfie's, Wolfie's in the... In the 
you know, it's a, it's canon. It's canon for dog names. It's what the T eight hundred thinks a dog name is. That's what <laughs> yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah. it's like him being like going back through his database and going common dog names of two nineteen ninety one. What what is this thing? An animal? What kind of animal? It's a dog. What is a dog? It's evolved from a wolf. What's cute? Add e to the end of a name. Okay, Wolfie. <laughs> or that he went. It's like a wolf, so it's Wolfie. It's Wolfie. <laughs> it's just not a wolf. It's just Wolfie. It's wolfish. Okay. Max actually came up for him. I was like, no, Max is a person's name. They can't do it. <laughs> that was that scene though was so great with the uh, so knife. Through single the... greatest shot in the film. Yeah, oh, so good. There's a, so if you haven't just watched the film, there's a reveal that the T1000, who we thought up until this moment was John Connor's foster mother, puts a um, metal spike through Shizzle. the foster dad, and through it goes through milk. the milk, and then it through his head, through his like open mouth, and it is like it's very gruesome. But beautifully framed, and it's just so well executed. It's a lot. I love it. Whoa! It's also, uh, and then he goes outside, which I thought that this was completely unnecessary, and checks the dog's name. Oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? That he's like, uh, and he has to murder the dog, and it's been a couple of movies since we've had some dog murder in an Arnie movie. Um, as those of you who have been with us since Conan know, a lot of dogs get hurt in Arnold movies for some reason. We don't quite know why. No. And he hates dogs. Do the math, guys. Do the math. He wasn't even there at this time. He wasn't even around. So Max gets Max gets what's coming to him. Um, I don't and, know why. I don't know why I have to kill the dog. Yeah, me either. Um, evil? Dog knew too much. <laughs> no, seriously, it's been exposed to T one thousand. Dogs, dogs do hate the Terminators. It's like that's, that's something we covered in Terminator One. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get John and Terminator exposition. What is it like? He finds out that he can just get the Terminator to murder people. Yeah, it's, it's like it's his killing machine. What a jerk! Especially using the term moi. Just... That, <laughs> I think we're going to get to this later. That's actually my favorite line in the movie because it's. it's Did you call me. moi a dipshit? Did you call moi? A dipshit? Oh, it's so 90s. It's it is. Like, it's so smug and so 90s. But it was a real catchphrase. Um, I remember that, that Steven Spielberg saw this scene and then he made Iron Giant. What? No, I just made that. <laughs> it's good though. I like it. <laughs> it I sounds like it. a thing, doesn't it? It sounds like a thing. But the, the, like John calls them over to help him and then he has Terminator beat the crap out of him and he stops him from killing them. Yeah. But with the American healthcare system, those two are financially crippled. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, like that guy having his hand and literally here. crippled now, probably. Too. Oh yeah, his hand is smashed. And you remember, mean, this is before GoFundMe, so. Oh, there's no way, no way that guy's. There's no Obamacare. There's no ACA. There's no GoFundMe. There's nothing. You have to put an ad in your community notices in your local mm-hmm. rank to say a big robot beat me up. Please send five dollars to this address. That poor guy's caricature of business is done. <laughs> he's, he's finished. Do you think that's what he did? Spent all his time on Venice Beach. Yeah, he works out on Venice Beach and does caricatures of rollerbladers. It's oh. it's a viable living. In 1991, it's incredible. So then we jump back to the insane asylum and we see Connor getting sexually assaulted. You get, she gets bubbles, does the face lick. Ugh, Unnecessary. It's so gross. No, it's so good for the film though. Like it's so good for her character. And yeah. Just, it's it, everything to do with Sarah Connor is so. Good and so ahead of its time. It's well, yeah, because awesome. it's the it's very nice. Like that, they just check it every time we check in. They're like, she's not having a good time. Yeah, they just want you to know. They're like, you know, it's not just that people think she's crazy. Yeah, she's also having a terrible time, and we need to think about the way that we're treating our crazy people. She's really the original badass. Oh, she was super badass in this. Uh, so she actually learned how to lockpick for this movie. Ah, yeah. oh, that's so good. Um, and then picked that lock and managed to get away. Does anyone, uh, did anyone play Mortal Kombat 3? 
I'm familiar with it. You know Sonia? Yeah, Sonia. Sonia's Blake. based on, oh, hell yeah. on Sarah Connor. Yeah, I believe yeah. that. Yeah, that makes total sense. They're yeah. identical. Yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah she's got right. the singlet. The, um, oh, cap. Yeah. And so Sarah breaks out. She smashes bubbles in the face. When she steals his baton, and this is something I still remember from being a kid, I always felt this joy of like, and it's not a joyful skip that she does. She's just balancing her stride. Oh, yeah. But when she gets his baton, she does this like little skip to like rebalance her. Yeah, yeah, like just a little like, here we go. And the way she holds that baton like she just picks it up and swivels it into like badass mode she's done so much training obviously yeah. for the role it's so good she's such a badass which also then she does this the great um key toss trick because oh, yeah. <laughs> so much of her stuff seems what like really the in the mo- when the um when the guards like come into the hallway to try and like pin it like yeah she just throws the keys and they just instinctively go to crash oh them. yeah i, I, I tried to do that so much as a kid <laughs> <laughs> it was in a bunch of movies you would like th- it was probably from hong kong cinema it was kind of just introduced in the 80s so it was in all the 90s action yeah. movies but you'd throw something up and then like hit them in the face while their eyes were distracted. I mean, the best thing is to try and catch it again afterwards. Yeah. That'd be satisfying. Man, why was I fighting so much as a kid? Because I, I mean, did it a lot. Was it hormones? <laughs> also, you have two older brothers. Yeah, that was uh, that. So yeah. Finding your place in the world. That was awesome. Only on the way in, kneecap the security guard up front, which yeah, I remember being crazy, crazy brutal. To just kneecap an old guy who yeah. monitors the outside fence of it. Insane salary. Nah, he doesn't think nah, about it fine. like that. He's, he's, he's got to get in. Mum's in there, right? He's not going to kill him. Um, what I had missed the first like many times that I've seen this is the fact that they steal his bullets, which is insult to injury. When they kneecap the the guard, <laughs> the Terminator takes all of his bullet clips and it. hands them to John. When they <laughs> that's great because movies so rarely address ammunition. Yeah, that's, a nice that's cool. Right. But also so weird when you're like, my knee! Wait, what did he take? <laughs> he just, oh, no, more of my friends. Oh. Bullets of this guy's friends. <laughs> no, his friends were the security guards oh, inside and the bullets would be used on I us. <laughs> <laughs> no, Thomas, James, Rodney. <laughs> I named all of them. <laughs> Rodney's a good name for a bullet. Good, good bullet name. <laughs> Does she, uh, so many great Sarah moments in her breakout. Uh, yeah. She breaks off the key, which is a terrific moment. That's yeah, cool. Where she's just like, ah, ha, ha. That's cool. She gets a syringe full of bleach, I think. Uh, yeah, it's the liquid rooter. Yeah. And the T-1000's like sneaking around and takes up the, the guy using the, the vending machine. This is when he's the floor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the T-1000 <laughs> when he's has the floor. become black and white linerman. Yeah, which is important to remember too, is he can't change his uh, mass, he can only change his shape. So he was a human being's worth of floor yeah. spread across the ground that yeah. people were walking on. Yeah. And that was enough for him to sample them genetically. I love the fact that in this movie, a person becomes a floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. abstractly, that's pretty interesting as a concept. Totally. Like people don't How often has that been dealt with in film? I mean, one not enough. Well, twice if you include the, the secret world of Marcus Mack. Well, I don't. Because I have not seen it and I don't know what it is. <laughs> Anyone Me either. No. See, uh, it, was about a, it was a Nickelodeon show about a girl and she could turn into liquid mercury. As floor? She was the T-1000. She was still just this movie. They, they just, just stole made... this and then they did the exact same thing with it, which is turn into a floor. Was At least ma- do something different with the ability. Imagine the amount of like uh, pitch meetings where you were just turning up at Nickelodeon with uh, like action movie <laughs> plots. <laughs> Oh, they meet in the hallway. So they do their second meet cute where he walks through the... Don't uh, call it a meet. Don't, don't. 
degrade this wonderful in love all the time. Yeah, meeting of the killing machines by calling it a meat cue. But Arnie says, come with me if you want to live, which is what Carl Reese said to Sarah Connor in the first movie. You don't have to call it a meat cute off the back of that. That isn't just the cash. I use. Uh, oh well, there was that earlier meat cute with him and the security guard, and the meat cute between the security guard wait, and that wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. poker uh, wait, coffee wait. cup. Wait, 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 let me ask Tim this: <laughs> Do Sarah Connor and the Terminator end up in some way falling in love? Yes. It's a meat cute. I don't want to encourage me to use that term more than. But I thought you were talking about either. the interaction between the T eight hundred and the T one thousand. The, oh, well, that's no, they've already, theirs was at the mall. Then I would like to retract my previous statement. <laughs> oh, no, don't make me the winner in this. <laughs> uh, so we had the mall was when all the boys club got together. Come with me if you want to live. Fight, fight, fight. They, they really fought her to the ground and didn't care that Arnie was there at all. No, they like, they've got her on the ground, they're trying to sedate her and he's just walking along with a shotgun. It was very, very intense. But then, uh, yeah, this is the bit where the T-1000 walks through the bars and his face like morphs into it. It's... Fucking cool. Such a good shot. Yeah. That's so good. That's the bit of the movie that you see and you're like, when did this come out? Like 2005? Yeah. No. 1991. That's Dick. mind-blowing. Yeah. Because it looks amazing. So good. Well done, Jim. Good work. Good work. Uh, what was it? Uh, Industrial Light and Magic. Yeah. Well done. Then they do the getaway, which is exciting because they hop in the car. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know this until I watched the making of, but when they're driving backwards, when uh, Arnie's driving the car backwards... Uh, he's not driving. They have a stunt driver yeah. in the trunk of the car with a cutout so that he just has his eyes looking forward and he's driving the car. Oh, that's cool. It's <laughs> so great. So you just don't notice. So Arnie's just at the steering wheel being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a cool way to do that. Yeah. There's a stunt driver in the trunk. Yeah. That's me. Right. This is the scene that informed a lot of my childhood playing also this game. Of one person being the T-1000, making their hands into like kind of raptor claws yes. and chasing the other person around the playground, trying to like jab at them. And did you have to do the dun 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 I think so. I think so. But we take turns being the T-1000. Like one person would have to hook hands and then we'd just walk around. And Such it, a scary villain, isn't he's it? He's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the thing I love most about the scene is when he um, gets shot off the back of the car and it's not him falling and rolling, it's the, the foley effects. Of the jingle, 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 jingle. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's a nice so, touch. It's back. like, oh, yeah. There's a few moments of that when they, yeah, you don't expect to hear metal and you do, just to remind you of what he's made of. It's yeah. like, oh, nice touch, boys. And there's like great, like, slow walk back up to his little bit that had been cut off and it just like kind of recognizes him and merges with his leg. Mm, Papa. Papa. <laughs> Just joins his foot and goes. And they, they drive around and he does the I see everything because he has infrared because they turn the car lights off, which seems dangerous. Mm. Um, seems very dangerous. And then we spend a long time in Mexico. No, we go to the garage first and he gets oh, reprogrammed. Oh, yeah, he gets reprogrammed, yeah. yeah. I couldn't remember that, but what happens when he gets reprogrammed? Um, they, they open up the back of his head and then they take the chip out so that he can learn things because at that point he can't learn new things. Right. Yeah, and Sarah Connor says, we should destroy him now. And John's like, no, he's going to help, and he's kind of my friend now. It was just a moment to show that Sarah Connor could have killed him if she wanted. Who's doing all the hacking? Oh, it's it's like a switch. Right. It's yeah. like a hard code, like uh, like on an SD card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just that read mode. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's read only and writing. Which is so great. Yeah. Uh, and then um, they steal a wagon. John gives them some tips on how to c- communicate. Uh, Mexico, we're really going to power through Mexico because they just hang out and talk about exposition. Um, actually, even the truck stop before then when John's like, I, we're not going to uh, make it, are we? And Arnold's like, no, humans are awful. And he's like, oh, all right, that's fair. 
Oh, screw both of you guys. This is good world building stuff. Yeah. This is the stuff I really get like satisfied in in action movies that are based in sci-fi universes because it's like cool. We've blown so much stuff up. So many bullets have been laid waste. Rodney is embedded in someone's arm oh. right now. Yeah, we've done My a lot friend. of damage. We've kicked through infinite amounts of drywall. Give me a bit of reasons why we're here. What are we all doing? Which is nice. They do, yeah, because they have kids playing with guns, and yeah. it is, it's a breather moment. Yeah, it's to remind the audience of what the movie is about. Yeah, it's not just about teaching me to kick through drywall to get behind. You know, a CD store. It's also about the fact that, you know, we need to be careful with what we create. So, yeah, what? basically, uh, uh, Arnie and the gang meet up with some Mexican banditos. Uh, they get, get tooled up. Arnie gets introduced to a minigun. He picks up a baby. And then Sarah Connor has her little death dream, which is the, the impending nuclear apocalypse. Which, again, on the FX, that was amazing. The, yeah. like, explosion and her on the... I still remember as a kid, whenever I would hear, like, a chain link fence rattle, oh, yeah. it would always, like, send a shiver down my spine. That is... That, that shot is truly iconic. Yeah, watching a bunch of kids on a playground get vaporized by a nuclear blast is a lot. There's not a lot of movies that'll go there. No. Especially in the 90s. Yeah. People and, mess around with stuff now, but back then... And to have one of your protagonists, like... They really dug into the PTSD of... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, of what she'd been through. The but that's so great. It's like, there's stakes, you know? There's stakes, you guys. And not just those beefy muscles mm-hmm. on Arnie. Yeah, real emotional <laughs> stakes. Uh, also, she's in there wearing her uh, weird Japanese diner costume. Um, oh yeah she is yeah, 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 in yeah. the playground which is yeah. like oh yeah that's her innocence oh I see what you're doing here good yeah. work movie making the thing that I really a like bit on the nose a little <laughs> bit on the nose the thing I really like about this scene and what it does is that it reinforces the, the narrative of the first film is that the future is what we make of it so the choices that they make in this movie can change the future which is what the third film does so fucking badly when it's like oh the future is what you make of it but it's going to happen eventually anyway. And that's why the sequels are so fucking annoying because it shits on the actual My ethos. Whole concept that of it. is a really good sum up of why the other ones don't work. It's That's brilliant. So I just want to underscore how good that is. Yeah, it's good so good that uh, Sarah kind of carved it into a table. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> no fate. <laughs> Remember this for the next X amount of movies. Asshole directors <laughs> who are yeah. on this fabulously made franchise. She did have, also when she came out of her days, she had that, what, she's doing her uh, exposition um, narration, and she has the, in an insane world, it was the sanest choice. Which is like, she just made the Terminator John's dad. She's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're his dad now. You're his dad. Hey, John, mm-hmm. your dad's a killer robot now. Bye. And then she hops in her car and drives off. <laughs> the bit where she's like all tooled up and she's got a sniper rifle and she's at uh, Dyson's house. Yeah. Uh, badass. Just so badass. Even though she's going to go and kill what is essentially a civilian. There's just something very badass about how paramilitary she is for us. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, you know what you're doing. It was also, I, I quite liked how they dealt with the fact that she was perfectly okay with snipering him. But when she actually went in and had to see him face to face, she couldn't with do it. With his kids around. Yeah. 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 She's still got her humanity intact, even though she knows. She it, knows the stakes. It's because at her core, she's a mother. And her maternal nature means that <coughs> her... She wants to preserve life. That's her main thing. Which is why she would she never... She chose life. She chose a big screen tally. 
<laughs> and then the toddler from Mexico is crawling across the ceiling. I literally couldn't help myself. Like, I apologize, but not too much because where everything laid out again, I would make the same choice. <laughs> well, I think she's a mother, so she can't kill him. So she would never do something such as telling her brand new father to cut his hand off to show people he's a robot. Because it's, it's too much in it. Really. It's too much. As soon as he walks in there, like rips his whole arm off. Yeah. And is like, look at me clenching my robot hand. How did I would like? How did Dyson not just shit himself? <laughs> You'd be like, Rrr. yeah, there would be. It'd be a bit much, especially at home. Yeah, at the office. Yeah, at the, well, because at the office you're like, oh yeah, that's the I hand that's in yeah. my. But here, I'm watching NFL. I'm not wearing any pants. Yeah, I'm eating nachos. To be honest, he was just working though. Yeah, that's true. And, like, and then his son distracted him with his little re- remote control car. Yeah. It was pretty. And then they just seamlessly transitioned from like such high stakes and her like having flashbacks and the hand coming off. And they just cut to her hanging out and sitting on. And they're all just telling him all the stuff, exposition. Yeah. And it's just, they're just telling Dyson that he's a bastard and he's basically going to destroy the world. But it's inevitable, isn't it? That I stuff? mean, it's like you can't blame a guy for inventing the technology. He was either going to create the the sky nice and, and destroy the world or he was going to invent a very successful brand of vacuum cleaners yeah and that's just the way he went in that the, universe the choice was his yeah let me throw this at you such as the inevitability of the march of technology in its murderous ways that i think the vacuum cleaners will still kill us it's just a and matter start of time, the romba, so it starts tracking a room they introduce an artificial intelligence component so it gets better at its job and before you know it we are mess Mm. And the vacuum cleaners have to wrap. Oh yeah, it's got an Ultron situation going on. Where oh, it's it like recognizes that people are actually also dead. Yeah, we are the garbage because we create it. Yes. So if they get rid of us, then there's nothing to. Clean. Their job is complete. Cool. So maybe we should shut down rooms. Rumbas. All rumbas. All rumbas starting now are done. We're gonna jump though. We're jumping to Cyberdyne systems where Carl doesn't give a fuck. The security guard. Oh. <laughs> no, no, that would be wonderful though. No, it's just that he's him. in Die Hard. I've got the wrong movie. For yeah, this. and Carl Weathers, who was in Predator. Yes, mm-hmm. but this and is Carl Weathers Jr., which is hamburgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. hamburgers. Uh, they jump in. They go all the way with this, right? Like as soon as that silent alarm is gone, it is on. Oh, it kicks all off. the cops yeah. arrive. But I feel like it was only cops arriving until Arnie's like, I'll deal with this. And then he shoots, or doesn't kill anyone. Yep. 0.0 fatalities mm-hmm. uh, or casualties. This is with the money gun? Yeah. yeah. But my issue is there were only cops there and they were like, oh, should we go in? Should we not go in? And then as soon as he does that, they're like, get the SWAT in here. And the SWAT's like, oh, we're definitely going in. This guy's crazy. Yeah. So I feel like he only antagonized them. I see. But what was he to do? Because the cops are already there. I mean, talk him down. Yeah, talk him down. <laughs> I have <laughs> a hostage. It's fine. <laughs> Get out of here. Fine. How are you? <laughs> they could have turned into a weird hostage situation. Well, it's like turned into like dog day afternoon. That was, the other thing is when the cops kick in the door, like the cops don't know that Dyson isn't a hostage. They yeah, just kick the door open and murder the CEO of the company. Yeah. Oh, because that seems so rough. Him sitting there holding the thing. <laughs> Oh, they did they pull all of the audio out and it's yeah. just... I mean, for an ASMR, incredible. Just incredible. <laughs> then the explosion afterwards, all you need to do is just seamlessly transition to Bob Ross and some brush strokes. <laughs> it would have been a dream come true. 
But then coming out of the uh, coming out of the elevator when Arnie's walking down the hall and he's just, he's just getting shot to shit. That's not actually Arnie. That's a full like mannequin thing that they Stan Winston created. Yeah, it's a it's a electronic double choice. Yeah. It looks like they still just ironically a robot. <laughs> Can you imagine he's played by a robot? It's a robot of the robot that Annie plays. But this is itself a robot. This thing gives me a flashback to when I watched Terminator One and embarrassingly uh, admitted that right at the end when the endoskeleton is fighting them that I <laughs> I was I like had to stop for a moment and go like oh yeah that's not Arnie it's, it's just one hundred percent puppets. <laughs> Like, Arnie is nowhere part of this anymore. I'm worried about you, <laughs> I truly am. He's the Terminator to me, what, so many times. Just briefly, let's run through how that would even work. Well, now it's easy. He'd have, like, lots of ping-pong balls on him, and he'd do the whole it thing. It would be Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis, yeah, 100%. 100%. So, the, uh, here's my issue, where uh, which a lot of people have issues with this, of the uh, cliché. When he hops in the SWAT van, that the keys are in the visor. And whilst it's a great plot point, my major issue is that SWAT van is filled with machine guns and is on an active crime scene. Don't leave the keys in the visor. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I hear you, but like, also, who's that guy? It's yeah. fine. Yeah. This re- it could, you know, maybe that is protocol because other SWAT <laughs> members need you to never know who's move gonna jump the car. In. You know, feed the meter. Maybe they run out of money all the time. Barry, parking's up. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I've got chalk on my tire. Can you please move the fully laden weapon truck? Do they have the awesome um, T-1000 jumping into the helicopter bit? Yeah. And then it just tells the pilot to get out, which is fucking so funny. I thought it was so nice of him, because he's killed a lot of people, and he could have just killed him, but he gave him the option. He said, get out. Clearly broke his legs jumping from a helicopter, but maybe survived. Yeah. Yeah. He's sliced in half. And this is the bit with the T-1000, which I didn't see for years. He has four arms. I thought it was only three. No, apparently there's two arms on the, on the steering column. But that's good sci-fi, right? Is they don't talk about it. It's just there. Yeah. Like, you know, they, I mean, they definitely leave some shots hanging on it for a little bit. But, yeah. Um, which I, I like the idea that he gets like a little bit shorter. With each arm, so good. Like that he's I like, love it. Goes from being like five foot eight to five foot five because he's got arms hanging. That's amazing. Have you lost weight? <laughs> also, do you have four arms right <laughs> now? Just juggling. <laughs> Here we go. So they trash the chopper. Yeah, it smashes into the truck. Mm-hmm. Then they pop a tire. He, Which, by comparison, seems small. This is where the T one thousand. I'm starting. I feel like it's getting more human because he lets the chopper guy go. All right, but then the truck guy gets out and is like, whoa, are you okay? And he just murders the truck guy. Mm. Where he didn't even need the truck guy to be murdered. He could have just walked around and hopped in and drove off. Yeah. And that's what I think is a huge... I think he was getting frustrated. He's right. like, really, is oh, this taking that long? Right. Yeah. It's meant to be a two-day thing. I hope you're right. It kind of shows this hope for us all. It's hope for the T-1000. Well, because they, then right at the end when she runs out of bullets, he does like the finger wag at oh, her. Oh, see the finger wag. And I'm like, now he's taunting them. Yeah. yeah. Like, so he's going like, maybe he... I don't know how I feel about the finger wag thing. I am. It's one of those bits of the movie that is, it really stays with you, that shot. And it's just like, did we need it? Well, also, does it make sense for his character? This character is not antagonizing. That's the thing is, it's, it's like just, the bad to the bone. Yeah. It's fun. It's a bit much. But yeah, a, but a bit much. So he happens to be in a, in a liquid nitrogen truck. He chases him down, then the liquid nitrogen truck spills over, sprays the T-1000 with liquid nitrogen, and we get the awesome freezing scene, which is super cool. It's so cool that even when it was done in Hot Shots Park, the, 
it looked pretty good. <laughs> like you're like, it was such a good scene that even parodies of it hold up. Yeah. That's still kick ass. Yeah, because there's something about a person being frozen that's gross. Also, that like him exploding is yes. just oh, such so a good. great and like the jingle jingle. Yeah, the shattery thing is so cool. So cool. And then you see all the little blobs melt and then slowly form together again. And I think in the extended scene, in the extended course of it, you get to see him when he steps on certain things, his body kind of like. Yes, that's the one that I had. Is like yeah. he puts his hand on a rail, and his rail, his hand merges with the rail, yeah. and has stripey things on it. And oh, then, was that not? In, I don't know if I've was seen that one. one. There's yeah, a no. bunch of them that right. I don't think all of them made it because they also have like uh, when he takes on Sarah's form, and then Sarah comes in. Is that like John looks down and his feet are half grills? Yeah, like, yes, like the yes. middle. Grills. I've seen. Yeah, I've seen yeah. that version. Yeah, and he's yeah. like, oh yeah, I should really focus up. <laughs> really. But that's the thing is like, yeah, we know that his body's having trouble, mm-hmm. which I think is really nice and subtle to be like, oh, he's not at full strength. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't quite know what's going on. So that's why I think it's a really messy fights between him and the T-800. I was actioned out by this point. Like, those, that fight scene, I love it and it's great, but I was like, oh, we've really been fighting for over two hours. Here, yeah. still here. And he gets the metal beam and smashes this metal, and it's amazing, and it's so gritty, and like just a shot of his face being smashed up, uh, which apparently they built like a head for it. Yeah. But when they did the shots of it, it didn't look good enough. When James Cameron came over and looked at it, he's like, what else have we got? And they used one of their fancy animatronic ones that was all like fully moving and emotional, which must have been heartbreaking oh, for this visual oh, man. prop master yeah. being like really Stan Winston's fun? like just crying in the corner yeah. yeah and James Cameron actually did the smashing too he, which I imagine he would have because if you'd left oh, yeah. it to one of the yeah one of the FX people they would have been like just a tap that's so just true it's like James Cameron's like smash 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 that's great can we shoot with it tomorrow <laughs> alright I'll see you later that's lunch and they did. Yeah. And uh, what was it? He gets his arm stuck and then T-127 uh, hours himself out. Great. Which he feels, the amount of times he could have been killed by the T-1000 is good. Like the T-1000 is just like, fucking, I just have to kill this kid. Yeah. That's all I have to yeah. do. Just leave, just leave me alone. I just want to kill a kid. It's like Garfield with lasagna. You know, he's got one <laughs> thing on his mind. Today. And in this analogy, the T-800 or Arnie would be Mondays. <laughs> That makes Sarah Connor Odie? I guess it would. And it would make... John. Kyle? John? Wait. <laughs> Maybe? <laughs> and it gets cut in half at all? Yeah, time. he gets a cut in half. Then, then we go back to more fighting. He gets stabbed through. Bonus power up. And then that's when Sarah's like... Gah, 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 gah. Um, then she runs out of bullets. He does the finger wag. And then Arnie comes up... Uh, Terminator, the T-800, <laughs> comes up on the conveyor belt with his one grenade left. And then pretzel. Uh, which that was what it was known as, apparently. That was the pretzel version of oh, the T-1000. Because That's apparently funny. one of the original designs looked very much like a pretzel shape. Oh, wow. Uh, but, yeah. And that looks amazing, that shot oh, with yeah. his head all curled around. He's like... Because a lot of that was practical, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they just brought in you know, the puppets of it and just have them like sway around oh, a really? bunch. Yeah. yeah. Even those, uh, a lot of the bullet, um, uh, the those silvery metallic, bullets, yeah. was actually practical. It was, it was only like the, healing, the healing. Um, yeah, when it, the, the pops on his chest was a uh, foam that would burst outward when there's wow. a foam and a squib, and then it would burst out and look like metal. That's so good. Yeah. Incredible. Well done. And then he falls into the water, does some screaming. We see uh, all the different faces. Foster mum. Yeah. yeah. 
And uh, then Arnie goes, I can't self-terminate, you gotta, gotta throw me in there. Uh, which my issue with that is uh, by his programming, him holding onto the chain is self-termination. So he would have tried to climb up the chain by basic uh, survival. I guess it's, it's less poetic to see him scrambling up. Well, this is kind of yeah, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is an Asimov's three rules style of problem, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Asimov's three rules of robotics are: uh, you cannot allow human come to harm by action or inaction. Second rule is you have to obey the instructions of a human. And the third rule is you must preserve your own existence as long as it does not conflict with the first or second rules. So him... Possibly that first rule doesn't apply as much to the Terminator. Probably not. He may have injured a bunch of people. Feels like he's found a way around it. Yes. (laughs) This is kind of like... You know, and all of Asimov's short stories about the, the robots universe is, is all about like the in-between where the rules intersect yeah, like or yeah. the loopholes and exceptions. So I guess the him holding the chain is like the closest he can get. Also, it. for that thumbs up moment, it's so worthwhile. <laughs> thumbs Just up the so thumbs good. up like going into the laugh. Oh my God, that thumbs up, I forgot about that. It genuinely chokes me off. Oh yeah. I'm not going to lie. Goodbye. <laughs> oh. It's so good. Because he was my dad and he died. Mm, just for that brief moment. And then she tells us it's all going to be okay. Da, da, dun, da, dun. But unfortunately it wasn't okay. They made a third movie and it was atrocious. <laughs> but then they made a fourth movie and it was interesting. It was interesting. And then they made a fifth movie and it was... Ah, it was all right. Yeah, and, was... and then I got told they're making a sixth movie. Which is going to be a direct sequel to the second movie. They're going to ignore the old ones. So oh, really? Are they... Mm-hmm. That's... Yeah. They're just jumping through. We can do that. Like the romba, getting rid of all the dirt and the waste. (laughs) I was about to make a Star Trek uh, reboot reference, but the romba makes way more sense. (laughs) It's a a callback within this podcast episode as long as that bit didn't get cut. All right, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be back with some segments. And we're back. Uh, so we're going to jump into a, a new thing for us. We're going to ask Tim to do it. Get rid of all the legacy. They've done. Terminator 3 doesn't exist. No. It's 1991, it's but it's now. now. And you've got a complete clean slate to make T3. Yeah, I'm back, baby. It's the sequel. About Terminator 3. Subtitle, Robots Not Welcome. <laughs> okay. What has happened and after the events of, of Judgment Day is they've managed to stave off Annihilation from the robots, but only for a little bit. Right. Because, I'm sorry to say, with the rapidly advancing technology that we're putting into our automated home vacuum cleaners in 1993 in 1993 <laughs> they are finding increasingly sophisticated ways to remove dirt from the earth and our hubris and our short-sightedness we do not program enough variables into these bots we just see we need clean you need to do that yeah get it clean it, and it sounds silly, and it sounds like it's undercutting the premise of the, the universe. <laughs> but it isn't because it's dealt with very subtly and very tastefully. We have a little look back behind the curtain that... Um, is this like a little bit of a Wally vibe? I mean, it is a little bit, but instead of Wally proceeding to just compact little trash cubes, you know, ad infinitum, uh, this is a situation where the robots have 
Has anyone seen a Stephen Destroy. King movie called Maximum Overdrive? Oh, no, I've heard about it, though. It's yeah. quite, like, full-on and campy, right? Yeah, it's pretty silly. It's got a meal rest of it, isn't it? But um, in the movie, there's a, a green fog that encapsulates the Earth and makes all mechanical tools uh, sentient, so they just start to kill humans. Huh. Yeah. Now, Asimov, who I'm a big fan of, he, his, his whole rationale, the reason why he wrote so many stories about robots in the way that he did is he was sick of the Frankenstein phenomenon where everyone would go, you know, if we create something powerful, it will kill us. He was like, we make stuff all the time that yeah. doesn't kill us. We've made a toaster. Toaster doesn't kill you. Cause Unless you're Stephen King. On it. Unless you're Stephen That's why Stephen King's <laughs> stories are silly. <laughs> so you know, so, hey, this is a green gas. And guess what? Toasters kill you now. But <laughs> in, my, in my re, uh, you know, imagining of what T3 should be, robots not welcome, the vacuum cleaners are now like, it is, it, it, there are themes of fate will, you know, life will find a way, dare I say, borrowing from Jurassic Park. It's about, there's a fatalism to the fact that we keep pursuing ever more advanced technologies to aid us in our everyday life. And it is just inevitable that we're going to trip over our own demise eventually. And in, and in T3, it, it's from all these gosh darn vacuum cleaners. Do you know who I think should have... Uh, created the technology that provided the machines with this level of intelligence. Who? Miles Dyson's son. Yes. Get his, his son. It's perfect. It's his son, the one with the remote control car. Oh. Yes. Per- yes. Absolutely. That's the connection. It starts with him remote controlling. So remote. off the back of losing his father, he becomes riddled with guilt, which expresses itself in obsessive compulsive disorder, where he becomes incredibly ordered and minimalist and wants everything to be super clean. That combined with his father's, you know, um, love of technology and designing chips, which he's been imbued with since a kid, fosters this love of complicated vacuum cleaners. So we have to ask this of every Arnie sequel. Is Arnie back? Arnie is absolutely back. You better believe it. What role is he playing? Believe it. Is he a talking vacuum cleaner? No, he's the T-800. Oh, okay. But he's come to kick ass, kick vacuum ass. So he's been sent back by the resistance, still John Connor. Yes. Because the timeline's been altered, but not as much as you would think. Those apocalyptic scenes would be amazing now, because there wouldn't be, there's no skulls everywhere. It's all just like pristine. Exactly. It's just like shiny, polished concrete. It's a, so it's like a different version of the future where it's like, wow, everything looks amazing. It's like, yeah, because human life got almost annihilated and we're messy bitches. So the robots (laughs) knew they had to get rid of us. So Arnie's there, he stands, you know, visually in uh, juxtaposition to this fantastic clean world that is this new imagining of, of kind of the end times. Because he's an old clanky mechanical dusty old yeah. robot. And he's grimy. And everything else is very sleek. Very low clean, to the ground. Low to of the rumbus. Exactly. And not a lot of like, you know, there's a lot of curves everywhere. I like so the fact it's, that it's the, about that. <laughs> I like that the like the bad guy and the good guy both have like these incredible father figure issues where both of the their fathers died and in essence creating their futures. Exactly. Which is a nice motif. It's a very human driving force, I think. So is Dyson Jr. the villain or the misunder the, the accidental villain? Well, he's the um, accidental villain, yeah. He's like an anti-hero, I guess. So exactly the same as his dad. His dad wasn't setting out to create killer robots, he just wanted to make a really cool computer chip. But his son repeats the same mistakes as the father. Oh. Exactly. It's poetic justice, you know, there's so much there's so much to unpack in there. 
I like it. You think it's a silly idea about vacuums, but it isn't. Terminator 3, robots not welcome. Robots not welcome. Because the resistance, that's their new battle cry. Yeah. Robots not welcome. Robots not welcome. T3. Coming this summer. <laughs> this summer was 1993, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier. I love it. I think it's, uh, it's going to take off. Because yeah, that's perfect, and we're funding that in 1993. Fantastic. But if you had to reboot Terminator 2 today... Just reboot! Who would you cast, and what do they do? Okay, so what this is, is it's T2... I guess it's a reimagining of T2. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like if we time progressed it to where if the Terminator Two um, sequel was being made now, what would that look like? And I think John would be running for some kind of senator because Definitely. because he's going to be in a position of power. He's either going to be in the military or in politics. Definitely the military, though, right? Do you think? Well, that's his I don't know if he could... in that Yeah, but well, where is he going to have the most influence in the future of humanity? The, the military still. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like such dramatic times, it's the end times, you know. If it was normal peace times, then politician for sure, but it's not. The robots come and get us. No one gives a crap about their senator. Well, I think, yeah, so I would say we put John. So John's a military leader. He's worked his way up, but of a very specific, like, politically angled uh, subsection of the military, which is known as the... Like uh, black ops. It's a black oh, ops that's like an anti-Skynet group where cool. basically his mum's been committed because she's completely crazy, but he's managed to schmooze and infiltrate the military the and, and convince them we need to have a, um, a section of the military that can fight against uh, cyber and digital threats. This actually sounds very similar to... Who's that guy? He's a Blackwater. He's a real guy. He's he basically he's got his own private like oh, yeah, mercenary yeah. army oh, yeah. that he formed, and he's the brother of the current uh, Secretary of Education Betsy DeVos. I can't remember his name, but anyway, it's like that. So this is kind of like a pseudo private, pseudo governmental, pseudo official kind of off the books paramilitary, but you know we're just in the setup now because yeah, now we true. need to send back two Terminators. Okay. So you still have to have, um, which I think would be like a lawnmower man situation in current time of like they would send back the T-1000 now would be a weird digital amorphous mixed reality. Mixed reality. Yeah. Like, uh, like that it would exist in like an augmented reality. They're having to fight it and chase it through phones and technology. Hysteria, yeah, basically. is in this reality. It's a, it's a, it's a personal assistant that gets updated That's on the cool. new rollout of iOS, but it turns out it's the T-1000. Yeah. Because Arnie's running around like he just wants to punch stuff because that's all he can do. Exactly. But you can't punch a voice. You can't punch Siri. No. <laughs> as much as you try. As much as you want to. Yeah. Oh, how would he even defeat it? It needs to, like, they need to encapsulate it into like some kind of like tangible physical form. I think that this is where we do a callback to the Mexico, um, the desert scene, is that they lure, lure it out so that it has... Uh, basically, it's that thing of uh, if there's no other host okay, around... Yeah. Here's how you do that as well. And then, and then you tell me what happens next. But I'm telling you, this <laughs> is how we get there. T-1000 takes over a server farm and it needs to concentrate all of its power into this one thing to pull off this move to like, I don't know, jump into a particular mainframe or maybe jump to physical form if it can accomplish this one very complicated task. So it concentrates all of its sort of self into this server farm. So we've got it in one place. That server farm happens to be in Mexico. Yeah. And why? 
they were in the middle of the so then i think that once they're within the server farm they're having to fight with all of the like they have to fight their way in with all of the automated security because sprinkle systems yeah yeah and there's a whole bunch of like the t800 like blowing walls through things well john's there and a bunch of john's guys die they're all you know using archaic technology and things like that but they bust their way through and i think that what happens is uh you actually have that moment where John and the T-800 are like busting up a bunch of servers and then a cable comes in and goes like straight into the T-800's eye. Whoa. And then he's having to fight it inside of its own domain. Oh, this is very like Agent Smith. Yeah, yeah. Other people's bodies. But the only way that he can actually destroy it would have to to be some kind of like EMP pulse. He has to kill himself. Yeah. That thing again of self-destruction. Always always goes back to Jesus. The ultimate sacrifice. Yeah, and then I think that he kill. Yeah, he finally defeats it within that for long enough for John to set off the EMP, right? Which is basically you know like him falling on the sword. Yeah, yeah. and the EMP goes off and it all goes dark and John's just left there with like this beautiful moment of just silence. Yeah, and there's nothing there and the music comes in and you have like the highway, like him walking out onto the highway and then he like hops in a car and drives off. And then, uh, yeah, like the, the, the credits are starting to roll up and the camera just pans down and there's an old pager in the sand and the pager just goes, and it's the, a whole bunch of binary code starts coming through. Oh, <laughs> so he's trapped in the pages. So. so this tiny fragment, this tiny remnant of the T one thousand is in a pager now. This somewhere in the desert. That is sick. If someone comes by with a mobile phone and they can ping off a tower, yeah, so yeah, you can bounce around. I love it. I love every bit of that. That's cool. Terminator 2, Judgment Day, rebooted. Um, so now we have time for final thoughts, where we basically want to know, like, how did you feel, like, going back, talking about uh, Judgment Day after a while? Like, do you think it holds up? Um, and do Absolutely. You, culturally, do you think, like, what they're trying to say is more relevant now? Or It's actually kind of crazy how well this movie holds up. I said, having not seen the movie for a little while. We, we because, just talked about yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's true. I, I, I say that in jest slightly. Number <laughs> one, purely visually, the special effects, because of the decisions they made about what would be practical and to just go easy on the CGI stuff, still looks great. Still yep. holds up. It's excellent. Number two, strong female protagonist. Has that ever been more relevant than 2018? Sarah Connor is a hero for the ages. She's so relevant. She was, you know, not exactly the first, but kind of one of the first huge pop culture heroines. Um, yeah, who definitely didn't of have, our generation. She had no need for anyone else. Exactly. Like I don't, I don't think we mentioned it, but when she's breaking out of the um, psych ward, oh, she could do. About she that. was almost she out. Was, she only got caught because she was running away from the Terminator. This, and, the, yeah, unmatched in strength, like emotionally and physically jacked as hell. She's just a unit. Um, this movie rules and it should be compulsory watching at high schools <laughs> and it's also just pretty wild to like remember that Arnold Schwarzenegger like that's his main gig and then he became the governor of yeah, the yeah. largest economy in America <laughs> isn't, yeah. it, isn't it like the 14th largest economy in the world if it was a country so, I think yeah. it was top 10 was it 7 yeah, I think it's really, it's 7 yeah 7 sounds right it's really hard yeah. oh and if we are if we are talking about money there is um, one piece of trivia that I did want to mention in terms of Arnie and money is he got paid 15 million dollars to do this movie 15 million yeah yeah 
Um, and he only had 700 words in the entire movie. So he got paid $21,000 a word. That's great. To, which is like why you're like, you know, for him to be, you know, the governor of what, like this massive economy is like, he's a businessman. Like he <laughs> ran Dude's a hustler. Dude, hustle. He's been Dude's hustling smart. his whole time. Smart as shit. Um, and I think that it is, uh, but it is that great weird, it was a, it was a nice transitional too of Terminator 2 of almost this like, cause it was that toxic masculinity of the eighties. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I didn't mention this. I've got Arnold Schwarzenegger's son's face tattooed on my body. Oh, that's not a real thing. I should have led with that. <laughs> Why did you? You like sat through it two hours. I forgot. I keep forgetting I have the tattoo. Why do you have the tattoo? And where is it? The tattoo is just underneath my left buttock. It's like on my thigh, around the other side. And it's um, Patrick Schwarzenegger with some Ario Speedwagon lyrics in Latin under under his face. Uh-huh. And it's because when we did the, the podcast in the first season, we were watching Grown Ups 2, and Arnie's son, Patrick, is in it. Quite kind of briefly. He's in it sort of throughout, but he's like a background character as part of this gang of boys. And Guy, who I co-host with, became so trans fixed with Patrick Schwarzenegger's like <laughs> shenanigans on screen that he started following him on social media and like finding out all this information about him and then we found out that he had invested in this pizza chain called Blaze Pizza. Blaze Pizza. So that we started like talking heaps about Blaze Pizza and tried to get sponsored by them. And then we said that we wanted to go to America to do the final episode. And if our fans like funded enough of it, we would get uh, tattoos of, of you know, <laughs> grown ups two characters. And we didn't expect to get it, but we got it like instantly. Just all this money flowed in out of nowhere. We were like, well, shit, now we've got to get these tattoos. So we got Patrick Schwarzenegger, both of us. And, and Pat, Patty follows Guy now online and like has seen these tattoos and stuff. So it's pretty wild. We've been trying to get a beer with him for ages. How did that not come I up? I Because we like, I forget. I keep forgetting I've got a tattoo. We were like, did you grow up with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, yeah, a little. Very delete so hard. But I also have his son tattooed on my body. <laughs> That's incredible. Uh, also, now uh, tragically, I'm glad I remember before we left. Yeah. yeah, that would have been a weird email to get. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I should have said this. Um, that's amazing, Mike. Any yeah. final thoughts from you? Oh, I think just for me, there's so much nostalgic value attached to this movie, but it's it's a fantastic piece of cinema. Like you were saying, it's a, such a great transitional piece from 80s heavily masculine, toxic masculinity action, and then shifting over to that kind of cool postmodern uh, self-aware action, which I think is a, it's, it's a cool piece of, of pop culture that definitely should be seen by anybody who's into this stuff. Yeah, and it definitely runs that line of the self-aware, right? Like the bad to the bone and the finger wag are like two great it examples. It moments of fun. Yeah. And liberty, for sure. Yeah, which is terrific for an over two hour movie. Yeah. Needed. Needed. Uh, Tim, if people want to find you online, where can they find you? I'm on Twitter, Tim underscore Bat, and I'm on Instagram, TimBatNZ, and Bat has two Ts. Oh, double Ts, like T2. Exactly. Time testicles. <laughs> That's how you remember it. That's the mnemonic. Thank you, gents. This has been so fun. Where can I find you online? Just facebook.com forward slash I'll be back catalog. Stay frosty out there, everyone. The internet's a scary place. <laughs> Thank you so much, and we'll be back next time on I'll be back catalog. Season three, 
free of the I'll Be Back catalog. What an amazing journey. Thank you to the wonderful Tim Bat for uh, closing this season with an absolute classic, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Hasta la vista, baby. Yeah, and now we're going to take a short break before we come back with season four. Oh man, I can't wait it. Now I'm making the big bucks, I can basically retire. Oh, but you're not doing that just yet, Arnie, because we'll be back with uh, the last action hero. True Lies. Junior. Eraser. Jingle all the way. And, oh, I cannot wait, Batman and Robin. All in season four of the podcasting. <laughs> It'll be terrific. I'm Stephen Lyons. If you'd like to get in touch with us, please email us at I'll be back at acerbicsherbet.com. I'm Stephen Lyons. And I'm Mike Evan. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Stitch, or whatever podcast app that works for you. It really helps us to reach new listeners. Thanks again, and this has been I'll be back catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. It's T2. There was some really ballsy filmmaking in there. You know, they told me James Cameron is nuts for trying to do this. And I was like, no, he's just very stickular about what he wants done. All right. And I was like, sometimes you said stuntman isn't there. I'm the one there. And it's a very hairy situation. But you know what? When we get there, you get all of the script and you just let it. Um. <laughs> 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 Not that I hit the balls. Did you talk about the balls tonight?